we've got a huge king size kong sized movie to review and it is yeah that's right put on the bro- <laughs> the broken monkey mask which is now broken that's oh, so sad oh dear oh dear it's really deteriorating now it's it's getting rough it's rough yeah it looks like godzilla ripped your jaw off there he did wow um so anyway we're reviewing godzilla versus kong this movie like we said at the beginning of the show hugely bigly huge bigly it's (laughs) it's it's a big thing i saw another article and i'm doing really bad job with sourcing tonight i apologize to all the writers that i'm that i'm stealing their material but one of the articles i read from one of the big guys deadline variety whatever said that godzilla versus kong had more views in its first four days than any other property on hbo max so this this is big people this was a destination for people they were coming to see this movie and it is my turn to synopse quick reminder i'm going to do this for the next couple episodes while we do the transition we are not spoiler free movie reviews anymore so if you've not seen godzilla versus kong and you're going to be ticked about spoilers get get out go watch the movie and come back when you're ready we will be waiting for you on apple Podcasts, spotify youtube wherever um okay with that said i am synopsing godzilla versus kong okay godzilla versus kong is the fourth installment in the monsterverse series which includes godzilla kong skull island and godzilla king of the monsters this is the fourth installment basic premise for this movie is godzilla has been dormant since the events of godzilla king of the monsters where he killed like every kaiju monster in the world Mm -hmm. um but now he's back and he is like attacking cities and people are like what's going on he's attacking you know Pens- was it pensacola florida that's right he's showing up he's he's lighting people's cities on fire he's doing the godzilla thing and monarch and everybody else is trying to figure out what is going on here and meanwhile this company apex is trying to figure out how to deal with this and they have got some shady business going on because Godzilla actually attacks Pensacola because there's an apex headquarters there. And they recruit a scientist who is an expert in the hollow earth theory, which has been a through line in all of the MonsterVerse movies so far. They recruit this guy to take Kong into the hollow earth and mm-hmm. try to, you know, reconnect with that part of the world and hopefully find answers that will help them get rid of Kong. Now they've got some, some sneaky ulterior motives there. And basically what ends up happening as the title of the movie suggests Kong and Godzilla come to blows before ultimately having to join forces to defeat a greater evil. All right. How's that sound? I mean, that's a good, that's a pretty good tease. That was, that was beautiful. Pretty good. Um, Okay, let's do superlatives. Okay, let's do superlatives. And then we can dive into the nitty gritty on this movie. My Oscar is going to Miss Rebecca Hall. Hey, oh. Who is a newcomer. They call her the Kong Whisperer. She, she's been in tons of stuff. I, I don't have her filmography memorized off the top of my head, but she has been really good in a lot of different things. And this was interesting because she's a new character, which like, there was a lot of that going around in this movie, new characters being introduced for what feels like a finale movie, which was kind of an interesting move. 
and certainly puts the actors, I think, in a difficult position where they have to try to generate this emotional depth. And I thought that Rebecca Hall was one of the better actors in the movie. Or I, I thought she was the best actor in the movie because she was able to do this. She was able to make you feel a connection to her, to her, you know, basically like, I don't know, adopted daughter, Gia, and also to Kong, which was very necessary because you have to find a way to connect with these monsters in order for the emotional appeal of the movie to work. And I thought it worked way more on the Kong side of the movie than it did on the Godzilla side of the movie. And I think that that's largely because of um, what Rebecca Hall was doing and everybody else who was kind of on like Team Kong. So I thought she led the charge and I think she gave a, a good performance, all things considered. Beautiful choice, beautiful choice. I went with Miss Bill, Billy, Billy Bobby Brown. Billy Eilish Bobby Brown. <laughs> I can never talk on here when it matters the most, <laughs> I've come to realize. Uh, maybe that's, so there's something deeper to that in my in my soul. In your psyche, um, yeah. Yes. It's Millie. Um, Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> Yes. She she just continues to amaze me. You know, when she appeared in her debut uh, in Stranger Things on Netflix, everyone was blown away. They're like, holy cow, this girl's great. And then you're like, all right, well, she's just a, a kid actor that's just good as being a child. And no, in this movie, she's uh, she's a matured, um, you know, teenager, like just going to town. We also saw a lot, a lot more of Millie Bobby Brown in um in stranger things three she's aged she's aged up and and of course enola holmes uh, also on netflix a netflix property so there's no stopping this girl she looks at every nuance imaginable and just goes for it um to to moments as simple as getting in the car with her best bud and she's like putting up her ponytail up i'm like wow like I, you never you never think about people like doing their hair on screen unless they're in front of a mirror. Like, no, she's putting her ponytail up to drive, which is a very normal thing to do. Um, they often they often talk about uh, Marlon Brando in, in On the Waterfront, um, and there's a scene where there's a chair in in a, in a room, and he doesn't just like go and sit in the chair where it sits. He grabs the chair and he maneuvers it to where he wants it to be, as you would when you go and you sit down. You adjust, you get comfortable, and Millie Bobby Brown does that throughout this entire film in a movie where it's she's completely looking at green and blue puppets where she doesn't actually see anything she is is going for it uh like real full-on uh attached emotional depth into uh a silly kermit the frog puppet in front of her that's supposed to be godzilla who she has an emotional attachment to that blows my mind i don't know how she does it she continues to kill it and uh, my eyes were glued to her the whole time yeah, great pick. Great pick. Millie, she, you know, she's got a bright future. You can't say it enough times. She's and her and the future is now for her. I mean, we we saw yes. it in Enola Holmes. We've seen it in Sherlock or not Sherlock. Uh, Stranger Things and yeah. um, you know, now in Godzilla versus Kong. So she's really she's really starting to get out there, which is exciting. Um, okay. For Scene Stealer, which is the sort of surprise performance, I am going with a guy who I knew was going to be popping up soon mr brian tyree henry um <laughs> if you guys have watched atlanta he is a star of that show he's he's going to be one of the eternals in the big mcu movie coming out later this year 
Brian Tyree Henry plays a conspiracy theorist named Bernie Hayes in this movie. And he is sort of like on this Godzilla team. He works for Apex and he's trying to blow the lid off of their whole evil operation. And he, he's a podcaster, which is pretty funny. He's that one of the lines in the movie is this podcast is filling your head with garbage. And I just want to clip that <laughs> put that at the beginning of our show. But anyway, because uh, I saw that on the subtitles and I thought that was hilarious, but he is a really interesting character. Again, another new character. And I was impressed with the way that he was able to make his pretty basic short backstory feel emotional, feel depth, give his character a purpose and uh, a need for being there, which some of these new characters, you're like, why are you here? Why are we just now finding out about you? Yeah. But this guy felt totally appropriate. And even though they did the podcast thing like a little bit overboard, it was it was somewhat indicative of like how things would go if this was happening, that there would be conspiracy theorists galore, like trying to blow the lid off of these things and that there would be evil, you know, corporations and, and you know, mad scientists trying to make the most of it. So I liked the premise for his character and I love the way that he brought the character to life. I think he's got tons of range. If you guys have watched Atlanta or anything else he's been in, he, this was a way, a uh, big departure from that. And, you know, he's going to be in the Eternals doing the superhero thing. So this Brian Tyree Henry is a name. He's going to be a household name at some point. I'm convinced. I think he's a great actor and I think he was among the best in this entire movie. And I loved the, like t what I was calling team Godzilla scenes, which is basically like Brian Tyree Henry, Millie Bobby Brown and Julian Dennison we're all like trying to find out more about apex and Godzilla and all of that. And they had a good dynamic. And I thought Brian Tyree Henry really added a lot to that group. Excellent. Excellent choice, dude. It's, it's so funny. Uh, I was, I was having like that inner, uh, conflict. I was like, is this okay that he has a podcast that this is one of your storylines in here? Like I wasn't offended, but I was like, Oh man, that's a little too close. Like we're going to be reviewing this after the fact. <laughs> right. And then I thought to myself, no, like this, exactly as you said, this would, this is the next stage, the next phase, you know, you see phones, you know, transition over time, uh, depending on what era it's in. I mean, in Phenomenon with, uh, with uh, John Travolta, we have Forrest Whitaker holding his own radio show. It's the yep. same thing about like crazy events in their little town and life and weather. It's the same exact thing. So uh, I, I ultimately bought into it entirely. So I do chose him. Great choice. Great choice. My scene stealer, Miss Kaylee Hoddle. She plays Gia. Gia, yeah, great pick. Yes. So it's kind of insane uh, of, of a choice, but I could not believe that this tiny little girl um, was the emotional crutch of this, of this film. Uh, she comes from an all deaf family. Uh, uh, from what I understand, I believe that Kaylee herself is, is a deaf actress. So bravo Correct. for, yeah. for the inclusion, uh, for, for the production value and for the, the creative team for casting her and from beat one, I mean, she is totally bought into all of this. The amount of, I said emotional depth already on this episode. I'm going to say it again. The amount of emotional depth of this tiny little girl to understand, like what it would feel like to attach uh, like imprint on, on this like creature King Kong um, and to be, to be living such a unique life already. I've, I've said it a hundred times before. I'll say it a hundred times more. I'm 
fascinated and and so endearing and uh, I think it's one of the most powerful communities that the deaf community has uh, for, for their language, for ASL, for their community. And seeing them, any movie incorporate that is so powerful. And and what better way to to have someone uh, like an actress like like Kaylee Hottie Cottle uh, to to take on this role and communicate with King Kong himself? Uh, it, it just that that thing is like. 300 feet tall and she is like three feet tall and you just know their love for each other is there and again she's acting in front of green puppets and blue puppets and uh, just cgi screens and how do you do that when she's so tiny she is so good and i really hope she continues uh, on her path on on her journey as an actress yeah i i I thought it was really cool and i i think it's one of the best parts of the movie. Like I said, I think they did the Kong story way better than the Godzilla story in this movie. Yes. I think it's largely because of that storyline there. I think it was enriched by the fact that they chose a deaf actress. Um, just, just more emotion there, a more honest story. And that's what you want to see. And, and, and it was really cool. I love what they did with Kong and Gia and Rebecca Hall's character. So that's a great pick. Let's move into Showstopper, and I've gone back and forth with this, but I think it's the Hong Kong battle scene for me, man. I think you knew it was coming. They did a good job of leading up to it with different battles in different places. Godzilla and Kong like kept getting closer to each other. You knew it was about to go down, but the final scene was a great payoff and it was utterly ridiculous and preposterous in every way that it was supposed to be. And you know, you get to that point in the movie and you're like, okay, I just want to see some monsters beat the crap out of each other. And that's exactly what they gave us. And I loved that it was like this. I mean, that's what Hong Kong looks like, but I like that it was like this cyberpunk, you know, very like futuristic looking thing because this is sort of like the new era of the Godzilla Kong rivalry. And you know, icing on the cake. They bring out Mecha Godzilla, which is one of the coolest things ever. Looked great. The battle sequences were great, and it was it was a great finish to the story. Um, the movie, yeah. When we were talking about it, you were like, "Carve out time. This movie's long." I thought it felt kind of short. Maybe I'm in the minority here, but um, felt like we got to that battle sequence quickly. But the payoff was was great. It was the exact kind of battle that I wanted. I wanted it to be long. I wanted it to be big. I wanted it to be stupid and crazy. And it was all of those things. So for I'm going to keep it simple. Hong Kong battle scene. That's what I came for. And it paid off. Uh, mine is very strange. My showstopper. I love um, strange. Let's go. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're over. I'm glad. I'm glad you... <laughs> You enjoy strange because I've got some strange. My showstopper today, ladies and gentlemen, is Kyle Chandler. Yes. Thank God <laughs> we're talking about Kyle Chandler because it was going to be a shame. And and I was hoping that you would pick him for scene stealer or showstopper or something because I knew that I wasn't. And I'm so glad. So please continue. Yeah, dude. Kyle Chandler. W- I- I just keep waiting for his his day, and uh, I feel like he had such a big a big life a big lifestyle big status when he was in early edition way back in the day. He had another big swing, of course, with um, with Bloodline on Netflix. Uh, he was in some other kind of big series. I can't Friday Night remember. Lights. Duh. 
man, I'm going to get reamed over that. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, one of my mom's favorite shows. Shout out mom. I know you love, I, I know you love him as the coach. Um, I've not watched the series and I'm so sorry. It's got to be next once I finish Wonder Years. But Kyle Chandler is an American treasure. He, 100%. He could play the exact same character in every movie and I don't care. I do not care because what he brings to the table is complete earnesty, complete honesty, and complete authenticity. The man doesn't miss. Put Kyle Chandler in any movie and he will succeed in in any in any way, in any capacity. So showstopper, my eyes are always glued to him. He he makes the show for me. And the fact that his role was not bigger was a crime. That that was beautiful. That was beautiful. I have to say I 100% agree as Kirk has disappeared. He's walked off the stage after his amazing speech. But 100% Kyle Chandler is an American treasure. 100% he can, you know, some people, you say, oh, what's their range? You know, they always get typecast. Not Kyle Chandler. He comes in, he does his thing, he does it better than anyone in the world could do it, and he gets the heck out of there. That's right. We had, you know, limited screen time, which is unfortunate, but. In that time, he he fully optimized his time on screen. He was doing all the Kyle Chandler's things. He was saying, he was saying things like, "What the hell was that?" He was screaming on the phone, you know, uh, Maddie, Maddie, Madison, what's going on? He was doing all the things. He was he was an official, like he always yes. is. He's always yes. a cop, a detective. Uh, you know, in this case, he's like an executive at Monarch, etc. A coach. Um, yes, it was. He just, he was like, it was almost like they were like, hey, Kyle, we need you for this movie. And he's like, say no more. I, like, I, got this. I just love it, man. He, he, you, I couldn't have said it better myself. You're so right. Kyle Chandler Thank for you. the win, everybody. And most people probably don't even know his name, to be honest, because he's mm. just like that guy in every movie. He doesn't need a name, but his name is Kyle Chandler. And we should all put some respect on that mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a tattoo with his name on it. I've just decided uh, in honor of him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right, oh, wow. Yeah. right here. Right, right on, on the, my, yes. on my pasty you white on bicep. Heart because that's where he lives. Oh, yes. In our hearts. <laughs> it's, you're so right, Kirk. Well done. Well done. Well, the next, um, the next, when, listen, you had your big joker. I'm going to, I'm going to get a tattoo yeah. for Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> if he does not win, I think if Kyle Chandler is ever nominated, you'll have that, to make a tattoo bet. You will. That's my bet. That's my bet. And he should be nominated for and this. It'll <laughs> be, <laughs> no, <laughs> whether it will be his face or his name, that will be determined at the time of the role that he plays. We'll see. Yes. I love it. I love it. Okay, moving along to the other side of the coin, which is director's shoes and what we would change about the movie or what we would, what notes we would give. For me, I alluded to it at the beginning. It, it remains true to the end. The addition of all these new characters that I'm supposed to care about is a huge miss. It's a huge, huge miss. Um, and they've, you know, to in fairness, they've done this since the beginning of the series. They had... Um, Godzilla, we had Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Cranston and Elizabeth Olsen. They were all gone in Godzilla too. In, in, in Godzilla King of the Monsters, we got Kyle Chandler, Millie Bobby Brown. Um, you know, some of those people stick, stuck around, but didn't get as much screen time. We have all these new characters with all these different backstories and all this stuff. 
Um, you know, the, the doctor at the university, who's the hollow earth guy, we've got, we've got a new corporation apex at the helm, trying to figure this like just way, way, way too busy. And we're sitting here trying to, you know, the, we mostly want to see monsters fighting. Correct. That is correct. And so you can't take it too seriously, but there needs to be a plot for all of this to make sense. And I thought the plot was really weighed down by all of these side plots and backstories and all these new characters. And I'm like, why did we choose to go this route? Why, you know, and and I think the answer is that this is kind of what Warner does. Like they're really sort of in the business of just cashing in on their intellectual property rather than like taking time, making this like a 10 movie series and building up characters throughout multiple movies. Like that's not their game and, and that's fine. But I think it takes away from this movie. I think it would have been nice to have some more continuity, to have some more characters coming into this movie. And listen, that's not ultimately the director's fault, right? You you get handed what you get handed here, and it is what it is, but it was very busy with all these new characters, and it was hard to find a way to connect emotionally. That's why I think what they did with Kong was was good. Um, it was a bit predictable in, in terms of like, oh, the monkeys actually has a heart and, and you know, he's our protector. Like we all could have seen that coming a mile yeah. away in pitch black darkness. But um, so, but it was still better than what they had going on with Godzilla, which is like, you get to the fight and you're like, yeah, can't kill him. <laughs> <laughs> We're done with this guy. <laughs> we like, we know that he's not in the wrong way. You're still like, I hate Godzilla. I want Godzilla to die right now. So, um, I, that, that was that was the main problem I had with it, and I think it's a big problem. I think it's a big problem. It's not like some of these director shoes where we're like, ah, oh, one small thing. I mean, I think this legitimately crippled the movie in a in a pretty substantial way, and and took away from what ultimately is everybody's buying their tickets and pulling up their streaming devices just to see monsters fight, and and I think that they hurt themselves with with this direction. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. I also have to say, uh, for my director's shoes, they're, they spent all this extra time with these extra characters, but then they, they didn't explain it, really. They didn't explain uh, how King Kong was in the Truman Show and locked in this dome. He was just right. there. And and then he's like, huh, you know what? Boom, he's out. And then that awoke Godzilla. They had all this weird exposition that was really sped through. They spent their time on the wrong thing. Things. If it's a two-hour movie, uh, two-hour movie, give me the things that matter the most, not what you think matters the most. Um, maybe, maybe drop down your extra characters to two instead of five new, brand new characters. Um, they went through a lot of this random science that they just kind of. Uh, like, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the laser, the laser thing, you know, um, I didn't see Godzilla King of the Monsters. I know that there it are sucked. iterations <laughs> of sucked. him shooting lasers from his mouth, but that wasn't explained. It was just it just happened. And in the first like five minutes, we see Godzilla just open his mouth and this bright blue beam shot shoot out. And why didn't he just only use that to destroy the and scorch the entire earth? Um, he also had this, he was actually really dumb. They made him really smart at times and then really, really dumb at times. Like when the big battle in the middle of the ocean when they're transporting Kong after they they capture him after breaking out of the Truman show, and Ed Harris has squ- skirmered off into the into the distance. They Godzilla finds them and then they're like, hey, shut the ships off. Play dead. He'll, Play dead. He'll, That's right. He won't know. He won't know at all. <laughs> and then he looks at them. Godzilla's like, 
Oh yeah, he he's dead. They're all dead. I'm good. I'm good. Like, like, yeah, no. I, I took care of business there. Like that makes no sense. And he was like like fifty feet away from them. You know, there's so many illogical things. And I know it's a movie about a giant monkey and a giant z- lizard. I know that. But if you're gonna try to ground it in some sort of realism, you have to make these things make sense. You have to make these through lines, these logical, you know, just handouts they have to make sense and they didn't well i think they yeah i think they overcomplicated it to two point to your point i think it can be grounded if you just go more simpler like people aren't looking for you know a a new theory of existence they're they're just looking for like okay i need to know why these guys are fighting each other i need to know why this matters i don't need to know everything there is to know about this fake hollow earth theory and all the different details, you know, we've been getting this explained to us for three or four movies now over the course of this series. And it's like enough. I mean, 90% of the dialogue to your point was them trying to explain what was going on because they made the whole thing so convoluted. It's like, just take a straighter line to dinosaur monkey fight. Like it doesn't have to be this really complicated. This is not winning best picture. It never will. And it could have been a much better movie if they had just really simplified it down. And they like created new, um, new lore for King Kong, you know, uh, getting him into the into the hollow earth and there's like this magical axe which which is like uh the final um mo- powerful moment in the fight that Godzilla supercharges his axe and then he kills Mechazilla and then he eat, you know rips his face off which is like super yeah. cool that part I loved uh and with his like guts spilling out that was fun <laughs> but i mean why like none this has never been a thing before and yeah. it's okay to introduce new ideas but where are where are we in this uh it's very messy it's very messy for sure and most of all more more kyle chandler give me more please please it's we're simple we're simple people we don't need much no give us you know 30 percent more kyle chandler and much more monkey yes dinosaur fight and we're good like we're we're all in i want um as the monkey mask goes back on, even though it's broken, maybe it's a maybe it's the perfect uh, you know symbolism for Kirk's score. I don't know. We'll find out. But that is correct. Um, okay, let's go to overall thoughts and scores. Um, my overall thoughts. I've given most of them, but you know, I, I I go and I look back to the Gareth Edwards 2014 Godzilla movie starring Aaron Taylor Johnson and Elizabeth Olsen and Brian Cranston, and that was a monster movie that I felt was really grounded it was simple it wasn't too convoluted but it was also like really well made and they did a good job of like keeping things scaled as scaled down as you can with a godzilla movie etc and when you look at that movie compared to where we're at now it's like night and day and i just wish that we had maybe like set ourselves up on that trajectory from the beginning because now it's like they're having to explain all these new things and there's all these new characters and the textures are different. And there's, you know, there's all this new tech and it's like, are we in the future? Are we in the present? What's going on? Um, it just, it all got a little convoluted and, and messy. And so ultimately, you know, they, they tried to explain everything. They did a, they did a okay ish job with that, but all the new characters really weighs it down. The fight scenes and stuff were great. Um, I think, as always, the scaling on Kong is really hard to figure out. How big is this monkey? I mean, in Kong Skull Island, at one point, he's like 
tall, at, like as tall as the helicopters that are flying over the island. And then the next scene, like he, the mountains are taller than him. And you're That's like, right. oh, this dude was standing above the whole thing. And it was the same thing kind of going on in this movie. So that's that's a little messy but overall end of the day this movie was meant to be monsters fighting each other we got that it looked good i thought it was fun um maybe i'll regret this score later i don't know i'm gonna give it a 6.1 out of 10 6.1 yes well that was a good score that's a good score. I think Warner Brothers would appreciate you. The only problem with all this mask stuff, Cam, is that my hair gets all crazy. Yeah, that's that's afterwards. the hazards of the job. Oh man, it's a little better. Um, my score is not as forgiving as yours um, because the craziness that happened in this movie really, really irked me. Um, there were some moments early on where I was just kind of annoyed. Um, you, you know, you, you might as well have been playing Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go when we first see Kong because it just it's just so campy at the beginning. And then they they try to make it gritty and then they try to bring you back to really what the pocket is of this movie, which is Cam has said over and over again. This is about a monkey and a lizard fighting each other. That's right. And the best moments of this movie were when that happened. And there were really only two times when that happened that's true that's true and the movie's two hours long and those scenes they were maybe uh you know they're probably 40 minutes in in total length together so you have 120 uh not that's not the right math so the rest of the movie the remainder of the movie aside from those 40 minutes you just have stuff so i cannot give it a great score I will say that it was phenomenal to watch those big scenes. Worth it the entire film to watch the fight scenes. They were they were very creative in how, you know, into the water and into the uh into the different the city, how they broke the city apart was more unique than just just like crushing them with their feet as they easily could have. I got to go with a very sad but a very entertaining 3.5 kernels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. <laughs> uh, I can't help but laugh. I mean, it's, it's a weird movie in the sense that it is sort of on the border with that. But speaking of the building, I have to say this cause I didn't get a chance to mention it, but um, how they destroy the city <laughs> at one point Kong is like, I think it's Kong, if I remember correctly, is like getting up because he's been yes. knocked down and he crutches himself on a building and the building <laughs> collapses as he stands up. I was like, oh my God. He just he also, destroyed everyone. He also um, breaks down two skyscrapers uh, in, in another way. One one when he, yeah, he gets up again and just his shoulder just like brushes past it and just like, <laughs> it just, just crumbles. to bits. And then just like uh, just like Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon, how he he's always dislocating his shoulder. Yeah. Kong just like <laughs> and just oh, slams, slams it back it in, into yeah, place. Yeah, you're right. It's, he slams it back in place. On but that building. one doesn't fall down, and that's what also makes no logical sense. <laughs> Be consistent with how we're destroying buildings, okay? <laughs> yes. This is this is science. This is physics. Let's figure it out. Exactly. Exactly. Gosh. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, you would think that there'd be some nerds out there with a model of like, okay, Kong weighs this much, his his fat to muscle ratio is this, the average skyscraper, you know. It's coming. Do the engineering. It's coming. Yeah. All right. Well, that's Godzilla versus Kong. Uh Kirk and I 
you know, we've had a couple weeks here where we've been pretty different, which is good. Different is good. Um, let us know your thoughts on this movie. It's certainly an interesting one and one that is capturing lots of people's attention, as we said, both in the box office and at home. It's been a popular pick. So let us know your thoughts on Godzilla vs. Kong. We'd love to chat with you guys about it, and you can reach us most easily on Discord. The link is in the description below. Um, but also through social media. We're, we're available in comment sections, DMs, etc. So let us know. All right, Kirk. We're going to move into the last portion of our show, which I didn't even tease yet because I, I wanted to keep it secret. But we're going to do a schoolyard pick, which we haven't done in a little while. And in honor of the new Space Jam trailer, we are going to do a schoolyard pick of our Space Jam teams, like a real schoolyard pick. We're going to pick yes. a team. And here's how this is going to work. You are basically only limited to like cartoon slash fictional characters. So like King Kong could be on your team because he's he's been in cartoon form, CGI form, uh, superheroes, whatever. But they have to not be like real people. They have to okay. be like fictional characters. So, so um, cartoons only doesn't have to be. I mean, I don't know, like cartoons, comic books, superheroes, like fictional characters, like oh. Paul, Paul Bunyan, maybe. I don't know. Oh, Paul Bunyan. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm just thinking anybody who's not a real person is on the table in my opinion. Okay. Okay. So with that, Kirk, you're kicking us off. Oh, I get to go first. Yes, you go first, because I start. I synopsed and went first on the review, okay. so you're up. I got you. Uh, this is a curveball. Uh, I've thought about long and hard about this, um, but I'm going to go with Nickelodeon's Cat Dog. Cat Dog. I'm going to play yes. some music under us while we, <laughs> we chat here. Yes, I would love to do that one. It's kind of a curveball because it's it's a twofer. It's a two for one, and I still have uh, four more choices in my schoolyard pick. That's true. Yeah. So if if one of my teammates is not doing as well well then he can just you know pass it over to dog or pass it over to cat um they can also trip up some players uh by running like wrapping themselves around right. uh, others so i really see cat dog as and they can have secret meetings inside their in body they can invert themselves and have their secret meeting where their stomach should be and there's that tunnel and then they can win the game just like nobody that. will hear yeah exactly <laughs> i like that two heads are better than one i think that would probably apply in basketball i think it's a great pick. I love Thank it. you. I love it. Okay. My first pick, I'm going to go with somebody who's actually a Looney Tune because every basketball team needs, in my opinion, a small, wily point guard who is really fast. And I'm going with Speedy Gonzalez. Oh, I just, nice. I like what this guy brings to the table. He's small. He's quick. He's got an attitude. Um, he's got pistols and he, he, you know, all's fair in space jam. So he might be shooting people up. I don't know. Um, but I just think he's going to give us an extra dimension. You know, a lot of people in the space jam tournament are going to be picking big giant guys. Speedy Gonzalez has the benefit of being very small. He can go in between people's legs. Yeah. You know, he can really run the point and see things in a different perspective. So it's gotta mm -hmm. be Speedy Gonzalez for number one pick for me. Mm, I hear you. I need to counter your pistols. I'm going to pick John wick and, John Wick. <laughs> so when the Tasmanian, uh, who'd you wait? Who'd you pick? I thought you picked Speedy the Tasmanian Gonzalez. devil. When you pick Speedy Gonzalez, I just need to have someone who can like uh, snap necks uh, and really take take over the game as necessary. So John Wick will, will obviously uh, take it. And if he doesn't have to resort to that, I mean, think about just his precision. That's uh, true. 
as a marksman. So there's there's that's got to translate to some degree in yeah, hand-eye coordination. Yeah, you would think so. You would think so. The game would certainly take on a different complexion if John if John Wick was in there. There would be bodies hitting the floor. That's right. For the final time, not just because they got dunked on, but because they got their throat slit and <laughs> they're dead. So that's right. <laughs> I like I like the way you think, Kirk. Okay, for my second pick, I'm gonna go with Groot. I'm gonna go Ooh, with Groot. Yeah, big giant Groot, man. I mean, this one speaks for itself, right? The dude mm-hmm. can extend his arms like Mr. Fantastic. Basically, he's a giant tree. Um, he says, "I am Groot" over and over and over again, which I think will get in the opponent's head a little bit. They'll be second yeah. guessing themselves, and um, he's got a positive outlook, which you need on the bench. You know, when things are going tough, you need a guy who's in the huddle, you know, smiling keeping the spirits up and he's a team player you know remembering guardians of the galaxy when he saved everybody and sacrificed himself i mean this is the kind of guy you want on your team it's got to be groot that's an excellent choice so i'm going to need someone tall um i'm just going to counter all of yours so um we mentioned the iron giant i think he's tall enough he's my shack i'm just going to pass the ball to him and he will just gently drop it into the tiny Hoop, which could work against me because I mean he's giant. He's got giant hands. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on him that he's gonna make it happen. He's gonna be he's gonna make it work. But he's a robot, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean I think like the things that you come to expect with robots, like precision, you know, being able to calculate things, he could probably figure that out. Right. You know, he's gonna get there. I mean, it's Vin Diesel after all. So he's gonna. That's right. Oh, 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 there we go. Boom. And no one's gonna be able to like block it or knock no, it out of him. No, there's zero chance. If there's they no do, chance. like, they can't reach his hands. There's not even gonna be a chance of a foul unless you like kick him in his tin leg. So we'll right. we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I guess we need to cast some refs as well <laughs> for yeah. this game. Yeah, we probably should. Um, okay, so that was your third pick. For my third pick, I'm going with a video game character, I'm going with Donkey Kong with Donkey Kong. I just, I like what Donkey Kong brings to the table. I think he, you know, he's very athletic. He can spin his arms around and fly. He can jump really high. He does these like somersault things and he's strong. I mean, he's a strong guy. I think he's, he's sort of that mid-sized player that you want to really bully people around. I think he'd be able to handle the ball pretty well. Um, and, and it's not somebody you're going to want to see on the opposite team. I'm just telling you, if I'm if I'm taking the floor and they got Donkey Kong on the other team, I'm I'm out of there. So, got to go with Donkey Kong. That's my guy. Okay, okay, I see you. I see you. I don't know. Two picks left. Only two picks left. This is this is tough. Um, maybe I will go with. Well, I'm going to go with Harry Potter um, because. He could cast spells not only on the basketball itself, but on the other players. And if he's allowed to bring his broom, which I say he is, he is a, sure. a fantastic Quidditch player. And while he wasn't like, you know, the goal, the goal, whatever the, the role is uh, to actually make the goal, you know, he was he was the snatcher, the golden, the golden the seeker, catcher. Yeah, he was the, the seeker. seeker yeah. Thank you. Um, and I just I just lost half our audience because I got that wrong. I apologize. But <laughs> He would be good uh, to fly up on his broomstick and drop that ball in the hoop as well, or magically levitate it as well. Right. When Guardian Leviosa, the ball straight into the hoop. Boom. I like it. Um, okay. Man, this is tough now. Only two slots left. I got to be mm. I gotta be smart here. Um, I'm going to go with Aang from Avatar The Last Airbender. He's the, mm. he's the Avatar... He's an airbender, airbender primarily, which would really help. 
um, with getting the ball into the hoop in creative ways. And he has the ability to like fly around on a little uh, wind ball. And also he could use his like um, earth bending to really mess up the court. If it's like a concrete court, he could really do some weird things there and maybe some metal okay. bending. Um, I think his experience would be invaluable. He's, he's over a hundred years old. So he's seen some stuff and I think he could get the job done on the court. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> You're on your final pick. What's it going to be? Oh, this is my final pick. Last pick. Oh man. I had a couple in mind. Um, Oh no. Oh no. How do I pick between them? This is not fair. It's going to be tough. It's always tough. I am going to choose for my final pick of this game today as you know i just feel like we have to have some style on our team and i have no idea the quality of his basketball or athleticism but i'm gonna go with don draper uh, from Mad Men because at least we'll he'll look really good on the court he'll bring some class to our team so if we get a little bit crazy he'll just tell everyone to shut up he's also going to market our team uh, i'm thinking past just being able to win this game cam i just want to get dollars and he's an advertising sure. genius so everyone's going to be our biggest fan so don draper he'll be having some uh some bourbon and uh any or anything brown and smoking a cigarette and he will be Bring in the dough into the team. Okay, well, here here's another thought for you here. Yes. Is that you can only have five people on the court at a time. So yes. if you choose to play with your team, Kirk, Don oh. Draper could be the coach. <laughs> and he would look, I mean, we know he looks good in a suit. I think he, you know, he's he's a little unpredictable. He, I think he could motivate the squad. I don't know. Just a thought for you. Absolutely. A good one. A good one. Okay. Final pick, oh, decision time, decision time. You know what? This was, I considered going with this pick early, and I, I you know, I don't know if it's a conventional pick, but I got to go Snoopy. Snoopy. Ah, I just yeah. like Snoopy. If you've seen Snoopy dribble a basketball, you know he can do it. He's low to the floor, but he's a wily, you know, veteran. He's going to get the job done. He, he just has the right kind of, attitude that you want on your team which is like thinks he's better than everybody else you know he's he's got a he's got strong opinions you know i want i want somebody to mix stir the pot a little bit and i think snoopy would be the right guy you know and i also i have to believe snoopy's good at everything you know i mean he's literally good at everything he can do anything so i have to imagine he can shoot a basketball so i see him as like a three-point shooter you know just spotting up from outside not getting into the nitty-gritty yeah, he's fearless. He's absolutely fearless. He will take on any new task without any experience or knowledge of it and just goes for it. So I that's think right. that's a great choice. I love it. Um, any honorable mentions? I would say my honorable mentions, pretty much anybody from the Lord of the Rings minus the Hobbits, mm. you know, any sort of wizards or um, Legolas, you know, like you were talking about accuracy with um, with John Wick. I think Legolas has probably got something going there too. Yeah. And also I would say... Um, you know, not SpongeBob SquarePants, but maybe Larry, Larry, the lobster from SpongeBob. Mm. He's, he's a beefy guy. I think he could get the job done and, um, Slimer from the Ghostbusters. Yeah. That that's the element of weirdness. My son loves Slimer from the Ghostbusters. And I just, I, I, as I was thinking about it, I was like, this guy 
would be just a menace on the basketball court. Yeah, I'm loving those. I'm loving those. I'm thinking the Grinch. Ooh. I'm thinking, um, uh, you know, you said SpongeBob SquarePants, which would inspire me to have Plankton uh, on my team, and he would be the Tom Brady uh, of basketball. Uh, yeah, look out, Deflate, Deflate Gate 2021. And if I needed to pick someone else, uh, Yoda. Why not? Oh, I mean, how do we miss the Jedi? That's a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know he's going to be f- fly. He's going to be a master ball handler. He's going to be your 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 uh, your forward, I believe. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's he's going to take it to the take it to the paint and then get it right up there to Iron Giant because he's just going to float it on up there. Yep, absolutely. Great picks. Uh, we got to take this one to social media. I'll come up. I'll come up with some sort of graphic. We gotta. We gotta figure out people's Space Jam squad. Definitely. Maybe we could do like a buy your own Space Jam squad. You have to like. You have fifteen dollars. You have to build your team of Ooh, five. That could yeah, be, yeah. That could be pretty fun. I don't want to box myself in a corner here, but let's let's think about that because I think we got to take this one to the, to the crowd and figure out what people's picks are. Um, okay, that's our show. Thank you guys. If you are listening on the stream, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, and if you're listening to the episode outside of the stream, also thank you for joining us. Um, this has been a fun episode with a fun, fun movie to review, fun fun all around. So if you have thoughts on Space Jam or anything else, please remember you can connect with us on Discord. It's, it's uh, you know a chat where you can chat with other people who love movies and TV. We have a lot of fun in there. We share memes. Actually, we just spun up a new channel called Recommendation Station, which I'll be dropping some recommendations in there as we go. That's that's a fun way to get some, trying to come up with a movie idea or a TV show to binge. You can just hop into Discord and see what's going on there. So That's right, that's uh, right. Be sure to check that out. As always, we want to give a special thank you to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, as well as our um, original music, which is from the band Rhetoric. Check them out on Spotify and Apple Music and Amazon Music, and we will see you guys next week. Talk to you then.